TV nopes. Maybe I'll use this audio for a theme song. I honestly think that could work. You just like get some royalty-free music underneath there and have have a little a little fun with it, and you know. Hey, people, let's people and let's it. leave in. I think let's leave in that part too. That's great. Welcome to episode I don't know, probably five of the. I could come in and uh, correct that if it's wrong, but I won't. Of uh, the TV Nopes podcast, of course, this is a uh, comedic discussion on terrible media criticism, mostly on the internet, but also not uh, using a TV tropes page that should not exist as a jumping-off point. And today, I am joined by Lenny Burnham. He's a very incisive writer about TV generally and media, and he wrote for the Arden podcast and also is writing on the upcoming spin-off podcast life in elsinore did i get the plural of that right yeah or the lack of plural <laughs> i think i said lives in the green room how are you doing thank you for joining i'm me. good thank you for having me great uh so uh for those who have i assume already listened to the first four or whatever episodes multiple times you know the <laughs> format but if this is anyone's first time joining in uh tv tropes of course is a wiki of media tropes and it is uh sort of presented in a very meme speak lol bacon reddit sort of way and uh that's not always appropriate. However, we don't just look at, uh, you know, heavy-handed, harsh-in-your-buzz properties. Some TV Tropes pages shouldn't exist because uh, some things don't really submit to that kind of analysis very well. For example, uh, I think you should leave the wonderful Netflix or at least I think it's wonderful. Lenny, you chose I think you should leave. I assume you also probably like it, but I guess we didn't discuss that. No, yeah, I do like it. Yeah, I I think it might be my favorite sketch show. Wow. Which just as far as like, it's sort of tough to compare because there's only six episodes and they're each 15 minutes each. And even then, I think it's kind of the nature of sketch shows that I'm still like, you know, 20% of it <laughs> I can kind of take or leave. <laughs> Um, I, I, uh, but I do think it's, I think it's great. I mean, I think when I think of like batting averages, I guess for sketch shows, I think like Mr. Show, I think you should leave Key and Peele. Um, I think, you know what? Maybe one day there'll be an important things renaissance. Oh yeah. I I remember that show. Yeah. Yeah. I think there were some good ones. I can't think of any off the top of my head. I some of the it is interesting i think how well they realized that dimitri martin and i i really i think he's an incredibly talented comedian i don't think he would disagree with the following statement uh that he can't really act (laughs) beyond his which is someone who also has a pretty limited range i don't you know think that's anything to be ashamed of but they did a pretty good job um of coming up with a bunch of sketches that didn't need anyone with any sort of range or character work ability to do. And that it means that there's like a whole lot of pretty clever concepts, some of which hold up and some of which don't. Um, I think You Should Leave has a lot of clever concepts, but also a lot that are just 
almost entirely on the performance i think mm-hmm. um you know liz and i will quote uh the patty harrison copier oh, yeah. sketch to each other all the time and the boat the skeletons came to life and the uh the car focus group which um you know as always uh listeners can follow along with the i think you should leave tv tropes page at home unless you're driving and uh if you haven't seen i think you should leave uh you can watch like all of it in less time than it would take to watch any given movie yeah um i think it is all the episodes together i think are shorter than the minimum academy awards definition link for movies um so yeah i guess lenny before we jump in to the page and i think that's short enough that we're just going to go kind of trope by trope and Mm -hmm. see what the great wisdom of the masses uh has done in their analysis of this groundbreaking sketch comedy program is there anything you want to say either about i think you should leave or any experience you had with tv tropes um yeah i haven't had a ton of direct experience with tv tropes i haven't used it that much but i've definitely seen a lot of people on both uh tumblr and twitter talk about it with disdain so i was like well aware that people think it's fucking annoying but i do know one guy who met his boyfriend on tv tropes well, hey, yeah. good for him. I wish I had, like, any elaboration. I just saw him, like, mention it on Twitter, but I was just amazed that that is a website where you can find love. Hey, if, you know, hey, if you're listening now and you've uh, you've had no luck on the Tinders or the Bumbles or the Grinders or the uh, Hinge, that's one. <laughs> um, match. Uh farmers only check out tv trope yeah. if you haven't had luck on farmers only check out the uh wow i'm blanking on a property the grapes of wrath tv tropes <laughs> page to uh find other farmers commenting on the dust bowl tropes that's like the that's so weird that's my first pull and i was trying to think of a farmer what's that <laughs> movie with john krasinski where he's a farmer and they're like fracking or something oh, i don't know that one I think that's him. There's some fracky. It's one of those movies that really came and went that they clearly were like, "Oh, this will be a big Oscar play," and then, and then he now he's just a CIA agent. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. So the, I mean, the way it works, and you know, I wanted to have you on because I think everyone should follow Lenny on Twitter. Oh, I think it's you. at Lenny Burnham, mm-hmm. right? Uh, just all one word. Um, because you have really great, I think uh takes both about media and then also a lot about the way people analyze media especially kind of online especially like the very reductive sort of um i feel bad sometimes because i think some number of people you'll you know i see someone have like a terrible take and then you're like oh this person's 14 (laughs) right everyone's just like on the (laughs) internet and you're like oh okay um but there but the you know i think the TV tropes and the YouTube analysis has kind of like contributed to this idea that there's like a right and a wrong way to do things. Mm-hmm. And people will be like, you know, oh, I want like if, you know, if you don't, you know, the idea that like there's certain things that people say that they're like assigning points that yeah. if you're like, oh, wait, 
that was a dream sequence, like minus five points, <laughs> like voiceover minus five. It's like, it, it can be fine. Mm. It's fine. It's the kind of stuff that like, I feel like if you ever take, uh, you know, I as a, or if, I don't know if you know, but I was a TV writing major and there's certain stuff that they definitely, that, you know, you sort of get drilled in that they're sort of like, oh, here are the things. And then it's like, well, you gotta know what the things are and then if you're gonna break them, but also like, it's either good or it's bad. If you have to be looking at it and like with a scorecard and you're trying to decide if you think it's good based off like tropes it's using, then what what are you doing? You 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 certainly you must have felt a way about it separate from that. But right. um let's let's jump in. So the first trope and this is one that I assume is more or less what the name says is 0% approval rating and it says Bart Harley Jarvis, of course that is the baby from the baby pageant sketch that uh, Sam Richardson hosts, is booed by the audience as soon as he appears on stage and is nearly the victim of an assassination attempt in the middle of the pageant. And I think this already shows you kind of what the issue is with trying to analyze. Uh, I think you should leave in this way in that it's like, yeah, I guess that's a weird summary of a two-minute sketch <laughs> in its entirety. Um. 0% approval rating, according to the trope page, is, and this is the other thing, they're, all the of these are like seven pads, Jesus, sorry, this is, to explain the concept of the 0% approval rating trope, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten paragraphs. <laughs> yeah, this is a little different than kind of what I was expecting. I thought it would be like a trope for like Jerry on Parks and Rec, you know, that kind of thing. That would actually be a much better application. <laughs> and that might come later. They sort of, um, there seems to be a real effort to shoehorn as many tropes as they can mm -hmm. into these for some reason. Um, so the... Uh, the the description of zero percent approval rating. I don't actually know that this applies to Bart Harley Jarvis, because it's what you're saying. The Jerry trope, which I'm sure. Actually, I'm actually curious. Let's see, Parks and Recreation Jerry TV tropes. Like, I'm sure they must have assigned a name. Yeah, I think I there's something called I think the Butt Monkey, which I hate. That I think might be that. I agree. That's like one of my. Just, I feel like my other reasons for uh, bristling at TV tropes would all be at least a sentence long. But yeah, one of them is just quote unquote butt monkey. <laughs> where I just, I, I, I agree with you. I hate hearing that term. <laughs> I, I, I think it's often applied for like a, a person who's more goofy. Mm -hmm. Like I could be wrong. I feel like it's like a... Like, uh, all right, I'm trying to find, I'm now on, we're already off track here. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. You, hey, you are dead on. The description of Jerry is an older butt monkey. Oh, wow. <laughs> you, wow. You oh. are dead on. It is, and the description, see, okay, but the description for, oh, they have Charlie Brown as the characteristic butt monkey i just don't i don't i like this less and less and i didn't like it to begin with um 
Oh my god. Sorry. I just, whenever I see sentences like the direct opposite of a karma Houdini, if carried too far, may result in deus angst machina. <laughs> it's like people just trying to write the most. I, I used to, I it is very easy to lose a lot of time on TV tropes. I'm realizing now it's because you have no idea what a single sentence says until you've clicked through like seven other <laughs> hyperlinks. Oh my god. Uh... Do note that the butt monkey is often not meant to be hated by the audience. For characters completely intended to be dislikable, contrast hate sync. Okay. Well, see, I almost feel like hate sync, but for the other characters, feels more accurate than butt monkey. Like someone mm. who people arbitrarily hate. Yeah. Because I don't think Bart Harley Jarvis is a butt monkey. No. I don't think... Uh, because he's very he's very he doesn't do much he's just, he sits there i mean that's that now i'm like over analyzing the bit of it is that people hate this baby who isn't doing anything uh sorry so bart harley jarvis the zero percent approval rating trope and the problem is i'm trying to understand what this is and i don't even know which sentence actually begins to explain it because they have these long intros so let's i'm just gonna read it feel free to interrupt anytime mm-hmm. if you have any questions uh, it's a rare and lucky evil overlord who manages to get the empire. I'm putting on whenever there's a hyperlink, a little tone, mm-hmm. nice and entrenched, perhaps even managing to take over the world. <laughs> and when they do, life probably seems pretty good. What with being master of all they survey, there's just one little problem they sometimes face. Well, too, if you count those pesky heroes, they'll be dealt with soon enough. Everyone hates them everyone the reason varies sometimes it's a little hobby of periodically going out and raining terror destruction and death upon the quivering populace to remind everyone who's boss sometimes it's the high taxes or tribute if you're old-fashioned one so this is not i don't think this is what hard yeah Harvey i feel is. like they're giving him a lot of credit when he really seems like he doesn't even have a chance of like winning the competition there i don't think you're an evil overlord if you're like third place in a baby yeah well like so if we look at live action tv the example that they give is uh joffrey baratheon okay house bolton like for game of thrones see those are people with power that's one of the things that um you know the master and doctor who this has a real uh scrubs everyone hates dr kelso and it's like yeah every single one of these examples are people with some power over other people or authority or uh i feel like there has to be a better term for someone and there are a million zillion tv tropes pages so i'm gonna say thumbs down inaccurate yeah uh next the ace caleb went who I believe is the he's the like pop star who Tim Robinson's character wants to meet at the restaurant, right? But he's like choking on yeah. water. Um Yeah, the ace. Caleb Went is an accomplished musician and actor and owns his own clothing brand, Angels and Archways. And the ace is someone who's ridiculously good at what they do. Again, this is very weird to apply to a character who I don't think has any lines. <laughs> I mean, maybe just says like what? Yeah, it's because, like, in the sketch, everyone else is like, he's just a guy. So 
This feels like calling him the ace is just like from Tim Robinson's perspective. Yeah, I feel like there should be, and there's probably a trope. A lot of these are like anime based. I feel like there must be some uh, tsundere variant of like, that should be what it is. That should just, it should be uh, Tim Robinson's character is tsundere for Caleb Went. <laughs> and that's why he's choking on water. Like, okay, this is, like, Ferris Bueller is another example given of an ace. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's perfect. This just feels like an example of trying to, again, s- these people, like, must be able to bill by the trope or something. Because mm-hmm. the way they pack it in, or this is maybe, like, an SEO play. <laughs> uh, next is added alliterative appeal. The hot dog suit guy invites the crowd to spank his bare balls back and butt. It's I like, do... I do kind of like this one. I'm like, yeah, they're right that the alliteration makes that a beautiful sentence. It really does. <laughs> I'll give them that. And that's and that's the other thing. This could work if it was like applying like specific sketch or comedy tropes mm-hmm. instead of trying to shoehorn in like, well, isn't Bart Harley Jarvis kind of like Bruce Bolton? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like... Like, when I watch I Think You Should Leave, I remember my reaction. I saw the Bart Harley Jarvis sketch. It's early on, and I was like, wow, I'm getting a real Roos Bolton <laughs> vibe off of this baby. Um, it's like, have you seen that tweet? I forget who it's from, but uh, it's a, a guy who's only seen the boss baby watching a second movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's This has a real boss baby vibe to it. Um. So, like, the added alliterative appeal, yeah, I give it that because if it was, like, that or, like, I mean, this is such a general example, but, like, straight man, mm-hmm. like, you'd be, like, or, like, uh, rule of threes, like, stuff that you're, like, oh, yeah, those are actual comedy tropes you're trying to apply in a reasonable way. Yeah, I think it would be kind of interesting, maybe still kind of pointless and dumb, to, like, go through tropes that just apply to, like, I think you should leave and Mr. Show and stuff like that and sort of, like, dig into being like, yeah, it's just weird, but there's also kind of a formula with these shows. Like, I could see that being somewhat interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing also because when, um, you know – for like the more serious movies that we looked at the pages for in other episodes it's not that you can't look at you know uh 12 years a slave and say well here are some tropes that are in this film that are in similar sorts of movies but it's like you shouldn't be calling them like the bigot with a crush (laughs) like which is what they do um there are, are there are multiple bigot with a blank tropes, and uh, apparently Twelve Years a Slave is an example of a lot of them. Um, not too surprisingly. Uh, okay, this one aluminum Christmas tree. The guy in the car focus group keeps requesting a good a steering wheel that doesn't fly off while driving. I remember, by the way, I was like, I think it's still okay to. impersonate that guy but i definitely thought he was italian at first and then i found he was cuban and now i'm like oh that's kind of a more gray area and i (laughs) i don't know if i can if i can do that now um i should see if he's on twitter and ask him if it's okay um so the guy in the car focus groups keeps requesting a good steering wheel it doesn't fly off while driving ford actually issued a recall for this problem in 2018 so I don't understand from context what the aluminum Christmas tree trope is supposed to be. 
it says okay so the trope itself is an element that exists or existed in real life but is assumed to be fictional by audiences because it seems too unlikely to be real um and they apparently use the example of a face on mars that uh i guess you see in watchmen i don't remember that's based Mm. off a real face on mars says the trope namer is a charlie brown christmas in the special lucy said get the biggest aluminum tree you can find charlie brown maybe painted pink and says viewers are surprised to find out that there really were aluminum christmas trees i'm not surprised to find (laughs) that out that i feel like i'm aware or was aware and i'm jewish and we never had a christmas tree and yet that sounds yeah they were an early form of artificial tree yeah that's okay so what can i call the trope if it doesn't seem surprising to me um oh god sorry i'm i'm gonna occasionally have to read off paragraphs that just make me like repulsed compare technology marches on seinfeld is unfunny widget series defictionalization and pose law a subtrope of reality is unrealistic, values dissonance, and truth in television. Can also be sh- means of shown their work, frequently found in unintentional period pieces. Sorry, I want to know what Seinfeld is unfunny trope means. Oh, God. Every time I do this, and, I, and I'm going to complain about this at least five more times, I just go, I just want to know what it means. I don't want an essay to read. <laughs> There are certain shows you can safely assume most people have seen. Those shows were considered fantastic when they first aired. Now they have hype backlash whenever we watch them. The sad irony, it wasn't overdone when they did it first. I t- Named after Seinfeld, which many people don't watch anymore because everything about it has been copied. When was this page written? <laughs> I feel like before Seinfeld on Hulu or whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, like, people were only not watching Seinfeld literally because it wasn't on streaming. Yeah. Like, someone, people were, uh, you ever notice how people don't watch Seinfeld when they don't have immediate access to it? Uh, it's, it's uh, you know, the thing about people without the DVD or streaming access to Seinfeld, they don't watch Seinfeld. That's, so... It's uh, and also with like Seinfeld two thousand and stuff and modern Seinfeld. I feel like, uh, so so this they're saying this is aluminum Christmas tree because you assume the steering wheel it doesn't fly off while driving. That did happen, but it's not just it coming disconnected. The steering wheel did not come out and fly out the window while you're driving like i don't think right forward steering wheel yeah i do remember people on twitter like joking about that headline because of i think you should leave yes i remember so so it's the opposite it was beforehand there should be a trope of like i'm sure there is of one. like There's simpsons predicted seven. it yeah it, exactly that should be, in fact, do they, TV Tropes, Simpsons, predicted it. The Simpsons have, okay, no, sorry, there's way too, I, I can't, sometimes I try and look something up. And it's, you also, by the way, if you look up Ford Steering Wheel and Ford Steering Wheel 2008, you just get steering wheels. Hmm. 
their steering wheels could become loose or even detach. Yeah, the idea, the joke of it isn't that a steering wheel could come off. It said it comes off and it flies out the window <laughs> yeah. while you're driving. Thumbs up. They don't, they don't get it. Uh, next is an ass-kicking Christmas. In the night Scrooge saved Christmas, Scrooge is brought to the future as humanity's last hope to kick some ass. Um, yeah. Oh, this says, interesting. This is only about action work. So thumbs down. They applied it to a, a sketch show. Yeah, I feel like that's one where it doesn't fully count because it's more like they're parodying the fact that like ass kicking Christmas stuff exists. Yeah, exactly. It's it's also well because I think also the joke is almost more on the time travel aspect of the Christmas Carol story, right? Mm -hmm. Like the Christmas is almost incidental to the joke of the sketch because it's like i feel like the joke that is like oh it's that's a time travel story so we're gonna make it like terminator right yeah whereas like i'm trying to think of another like classic story that sort of has time travel i guess that's like one of the first ones real example of the seinfeld is unfunny (laughs) because you know uh okay authority equals ass kicking not only is Skeletrex 15 feet tall with bones the size of tree trunks, he also has two <laughs> swords and a club made of lava. Yeah. I just love how this page is just like written in such a way of like not acknowledging that it's a comedy at all and just being like, Skeletrex is so powerful. Yeah, exactly. That someone, <laughs> that someone would be watching and be like, Wow, what if they made an I think you should leave video game where you could unlock Skeletrex and like play as him? Do you Skeletrex doesn't appear on screen, right? Or am I, I don't remember. Is that I Does Is that they... the guy who comes to recruit Scrooge or does the the ghost just like talks about him? I think the ghost I think Sam Richardson's in like a kind of Oh yeah, okay. Terminator getup and I think he refers to Skeletrex and how powerful he is. This also, by the way, the trope authority equals ass-kicking is the higher a character is in political, business, or military hierarchy, the better he is in a fight. Do they say, is Skeletrex the king of the future? Skeletrex, think you should Yeah, I assumed he was just like sort of a like terrorizing monster type thing. Yeah, I, uh... Skeletrex and his bone brigade have enslaved the human race. All right. All right. Mm -hmm. Oh, did someone make... Sorry, someone made a a fake Magic the Gathering card of Skeletrex. Oh, cool. (laughs) To do. It's legendary creature, skeleton warrior, menace. Other skeleton creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and have menace. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control from a graveyard, it becomes a skeleton. It's other types. Return target creature from a graveyard to the battlefield tapped under control. Five, five, four colorless, two black mana. That's not bad. Print that out. Put it in your uh, in your deck, your Orzhov, Orzhov deck. Um, yeah, all right, all right. I'll let him get away with it. Skeletrex as leader of the Bone Brigade <laughs> and best fighter. Um, and that's the kind of trope that is actually kind of 
fun and interesting to track because that is like that's the sort of thing where that's actually a trope of like oh yeah in media the person who's in charge also being good at fighting you know it it is interesting and it's not interesting because it's not like that normally happens in like real life like or even like fake real life like when you watch like inglorious bastards it's not like oh and then hitler can do kung fu which they could have you could have seen a version where they did something like that right where he's like uh but like in a in an anime or in like a superhero movie like of course the person in charge is personally more powerful when you're in a world where armies are less important than super powerful beings so why wouldn't the person with superpowers be powerful that's like in america that's like saying like oh in real life authority equals ass kicking because joe biden commands the most powerful military in the world like on the page they do i'm looking at it uh i had it uh it said something like yeah uh furthermore unlike their fictional counterparts real commanding officers don't usually put themselves in harm's way and yet, in many works of fiction, especially video games, the exact opposite is true. So I guess that's, like, the point of the trope. Yeah. So, all right. That's fair enough. Do they have... Oh, consider Charles Twelfth of Sweden, who <laughs> did, I guess... That said, even in the olden days, didn't correlate with him. Common examples of this trope are... Jeez, there's a hundred of those. All right. We, we, we got... Inversions include the almighty janitor. All right, bad future. That's another one where you're like, that's not a, tr- a trope. That's a whole genre. They... By Christmas, thir- oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say they have so many from the Christmas sketch. The, well, because that's the one that you can most make up this, like, the, the it's, it's, it's missing the point <laughs> in a way because it's supposed to be this arbitrary, badass action movie pastiche. Right. And they're like, let's dig into this. Like, wow, did you, like, wow, it sure shares a lot of tropes with, like, the Terminator, right? (laughs) You're like, that's like if you, well, I'm sure, like, now I'm kind of curious, maybe for a future episode, if, like, the Austin Powers page just has a bunch of tropes that would also be on, like, the James Bond page. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah, and you're like, well, yeah, that's the point. (laughs) Um, by Christmas 3050, Skeletrex and his Bone Brigade have enslaved the human race to make fleets of bone cars. Yeah, just like <laughs> t- digging into the mythology of the goofy stuff that <laughs> Sam Richardson is spouting. It's just so funny that they got so many of these from the like 20 seconds when Sam Richardson is describing this future. <laughs> they really dug in. This person was like watching I Think You Should Leave and they're like, yeah, man. Not a lot of tropes in this. <laughs> and then they got to that sketch and they were like, hold on, world building. <laughs> Finally, some lore. <laughs> I was, you got to really watch uh, episode two, whichever one's in. Episode two or three of I Think You Should Leave. That's when they, they have a re- they dig into the lore. <laughs> and uh, it's like, you know, it, it's, it stalls for a little bit, but you want to get that. Um, it's really the uh, Goldstein's book portion of um is that what the book's called the book in 1984 i forget there's that whole section that's just explaining like supposedly what the world is like um that's whenever i i'm assigned to read a whenever i read anything about what the world is like i'm like wow it's like i'm living in 1984 (laughs) here 
bad future blunt metaphors trauma one office worker doesn't respond at all to the phrase christmas came early in relation to a new printer wondering if this means she doesn't get a present this year um that's not a metaphor the beyond simple language structure are the aspects of figurative language blah 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 the two most common are when eh, this is usually played for laughs so it's okay when someone doesn't understand a metaphor there has to be a an example that's like when someone doesn't understand a joke yeah, this, right? this definition says this can range from using the wrong word in a term to getting the whole meaning wrong. This just sounds like most comedy. Like, it's so broad. Uh, it's the part of the misunderstanding trope. <laughs> um, yeah, I again, it's just trying to crowbar in. Like, there must, maybe it'll come later on, but there must be like a... A trope that just says like I don't know overreacting or like it's it's I mean it's sort of similar to the uh, the bozo the clown sketch where it's that someone wants to be included in something they don't quite get and then they just you know go out of the way I love by the way that that sketch spoiler alert that sketch ends with Tim Robinson's character affirming her <laughs> like follow-up joke and it just you know ending on such one thing i really like about i don't think you should leave is the way that plays with expectations right yeah and what you think it is like i think i mentioned this in a previous episode of this show but um the hot dog sketch i i love that it sets up the moment where he's like well that guy's dressed like a hot dog and the guy's like oh no and you think it's going to go into them you know, now going after this guy too. And then the woman just shuts it down immediately. And it's like, no, he's dressed sort of like a hot dog, but you're in a hot dog costume. And there's something about people that's like, you know, Chalmers in The Simpsons also. The character who's like, no, I'm not going along with this weird sitcom logic. This, um, uh, I'm looking at the trope page for blunt metaphors trauma. And yes. it's also weird because... I'm looking at, like, live-action TV, and there's, like, a lot of, like, autistic-coded characters in here. Like, mm. it's a lot of, like, Sheldon Cooper doesn't understand and is too literal-minded. Yeah, that's, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. They've got Drax, which is also uh, sort of a similar sort of thing. Yeah. They never say, I haven't watched it, they never say that if Sheldon if Sheldon's supposed to be on the spectrum, right? It feels like if it came out more recently, they would try and dig into that more specifically in a way that they'd at least, you know, would intend to be uh, sensitive. I mean, sitcoms, it's always very weird, especially like CBS sitcoms, the degree to which, like we were watching, we're watching uh, The New Adventures of Old Christine now. Nice. Yeah, it's, I'm liking it, but like, and there's one where, I was talking to some other people in a Slack I'm in about this. There's one where she's worried she's pregnant, and she really doesn't want to be pregnant. And she's written as, like, a pretty stereotypical, shallow, liberal, you know, kind of character. Like, a latte liberal, I guess you'd say, where. Um, and, like, they ne and like I the thing is, narratively, abortion is not even just, like, a narrative device that's very useful 
faithful to stories, so to speak, because you're like, oh, okay, well, that's that. And obviously, there's obvious child or stuff that works, but it's like odd that they that it just never comes up. Even right, if like for yeah. a character to say, like, oh, what about? And then she would be like, oh, well, my ex husband's Catholic, so I'm a little Catholic. What anything like any yeah. kind of to dismiss it to the point where it's like, yes. And I'm so on board with like you don't have to over explain everything. Mm. Like yes, maybe she had that conversation, you know, otherwise. But it's just so distracting for no one to mention it when she's cl- doesn't want to be pregnant so bad and is like an irreligious California liberal. Right. And just yeah. Like, <laughs> it feels like very odd not to. Uh, and do that. So I don't know if it's a similar sort of thing. I guess with Sheldon, it's not like people would. Well, I don't know, because then I guess they have. I haven't seen that much, but I guess they have episodes where he's, uh, where you know they're like, "Oh, you're this way. You need to be more that way." But I don't know. I also don't. I want. To, I so as far as I know, I had someone once tell me there was another comedian who I was doing a festival with. And she was like, uh, I was talking about something about when I was in college being in a long distance relationship and saying like, oh, but it's not like I would have met too many people otherwise, even if I wasn't because, and she goes, because you're on the spectrum. (laughs) I'm like, I don't think so. And she's like, no, it's okay. I am too. I'm like a one or a two, and you're like a three or a four. And I was like, I don't know if you could say, <laughs> I can say this because I'm this, but also I'm telling you you're more than me this. <laughs> so um, as far as I know, my therapist, I asked my therapist after that because I was like, I don't know, maybe. And uh, my therapist said she did not think so. <laughs> so the point of that story is I probably shouldn't dig into the presentation of Sheldon in that way. I'll leave it to other people. <laughs> Uh, next is carry a big stick. Skeletrex has a club made of lava. <laughs> yes, Skeletrex. <laughs> Skeletrex dominates this page. Yeah. Skeletrex has captured the imagination of TV tropes. What if there was a Skeletrex with a club of lava? Um, I guess this counts as a trope. It's wild that this is uh like seven hundred words. To describe the concept of big stick. Yeah, it's some of these. It's like, like I get how if you're like trying to track every trope, it does make sense in a way. But when they boil down to like the villain has big weapons that can really hurt you, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there'd it'd almost be worth it if it was like talking about like I'm sure there's a separate one for this, but the uh, the kind of like Final Fantasy like ridiculous sized sword mm. for little anime boy right. but like if you're just like a big guy with big weapon it's like yeah i mean that tracks uh cool old guy the main character of the focus group sketch is an elderly man played by ruben Rabasa who quickly wins over the crowd by taunting a focus group member about his mother-in-law flipping water bottles and dabbing <laughs> again the description of the sketch in a straightforward way gets to me um yeah, but, and this doesn't yeah. this doesn't sort of capture like the great subversion of how much he just seems like so weird and like at first Tim Robinson is so annoyed and perplexed by him. So it's like 
funny and surprising that by the end they're acting like he's the cool old guy. Yeah. So I feel like it should be like, it should get into the subversion of that somehow, if you're going to talk about that. The next one is cringe comedy. Many sketches combined with digging yourself deeper. That is fair. Yeah, that's like, okay. <laughs> that's like, fine. That feels appropriate. I'm like imagining a world where this page is just like one item and it's like cringe comedy combined with digging yourself deeper. Yeah, and you'd be like, nailed it. <laughs> um, cruel and unusual death. Former babies of the year, little Jeff, Jeffy Jeremy, 96, throat slash, and Tinky Dinky Daffy, pancaked by drunk dump truck driver. Um, neither of those are cruel or particularly unusual. Yeah, I guess. I guess they're cruel. <laughs> I feel like the, the pancaked by drunk dump truck driver is like, it's the phrasing of it. Like, it could, they could have just said, like, you know, died in car crash would be the normal thing. So it's not really, like, the death is unusual so much as, like, the twist of phrase. Yeah. Okay. See that? Next is uh, Dem Bones. Animated <laughs> skeletons appear in the night. This is half the page. The Night Screwed Saved Christmas. Night Screwed Saved Christmas where Bone Lord Skeletrex drink. Drink for every mention of Skeletrex. <laughs> commands them to kill humans to make fleets of bone cars and are mentioned repeatedly by Johnny Cash's analogs companion in The Day Robert Palin's Murdered Me as coming to life at night to pull humans' hair up but not out. <laughs> so this trope is just like skeletons existing or being mentioned? Yes. <laughs> This is this trope is so moving skeletons. Okay. So skeletons who are reanimated or animated. Um, is it very okay? There's a part. So blah 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 blah. You look at the trope page for it. Uh, in Mexico, dem bones are called calacas, and it's like. <laughs> Uh, in the United States, dem bones are called skeletons. <laughs> this isn't, um, yeah. So I guess the night screwed save Christmas, the day Robert Palin murdered me. The up but not out has a. Okay, you oh, know what? I just noticed the bottom of this says not to be confused with Bones McCoy. Wait, in dem bones? Yes, uh, I love the What's idea bones that they're McCoy? like bones. McCoy? is just the character name from star trek like bones is just his nickname oh there's also sorry and the also on the dem bones page under not to be confused confused with bones mccoy we have if the skeleton is really a robot see skelebot 9000 nice also not to be confused with the rap group bone thugs and harmony okay good i was going to if the skeleton is really a robot, see Skelebot 9000. Isn't Skeletrex a robot skeleton, or am I... I don't remember. I honestly... If I had known this would be such an issue, I would have paid more attention to that particular sketch. Uh, yeah, that's most of it. You'd be like, yeah, so if I was like, hey, if you want to rewatch it, you don't have to. But if you do, just watch the Nightmare of... Or the Christmas one uh, 30 times. <laughs> yeah. I do like... I do actually like, there's actually almost a clever 
aware thing here. So it says the 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 skeletons come to life at night in the day Robert Palin's murdered me sketch to pull humans hair up and then in parentheses <laughs> hyperlinked but not out and it hyperlinks to even evil has standards. Uh, that's, that's actually nice. sort of a funny take on because he like when he does the clarification if he goes up but not out the implication <laughs> is that um out would be too much yeah which i do if i they are correct in realizing that so disproportionate retribution tim's character comes up with a terrible excuse showing up too late to a party after a party goer barry asks about tim spends the night trying to embarrassing embarrass him ending with him tackling barry into a china cabinet um that that's actually i'm surprised they only use that example that's also will forte on the plane oh yeah yeah um and also i feel like there's at least another one maybe i don't know off the top of my head uh next door dumb the subject the very first sketch where the man tries to open the door um sure i guess that's oh yeah there's a whole trope that's just they're pushing when they're supposed to pull yeah and it's it's but it's an, an evolution of that because it breaks through anyway which is i like that i i think some people don't like that opening sketch i think it's nice as a sort of mission statement of the show that's generally about people who are unwilling due to pride it's it's a lot about people who are way too prideful to exist in regular social interaction right uh driven to suicide short stack the first ever five inch penis horse in fenton stables and horse ranch threw himself off a cliff yeah this one i just thought like i guess anything can be a trope but i did think it was very weird that a person being driven to suicide is a trope that must just be such a bummer page yeah i'll say uh i i, I forgot to give a uh, content warning and normally i remember because i'm like oh we're talking about blackfish so I'm like <laughs> content warning for anything but you know i think that's still it's probably much lighter on this one but you know now that we've already mentioned suicide uh sorry if anyone wanted a heads up but there we go we won't now we'll we'll point out that uh Due to the oh, tragically, this is all too common in real life. Ah. Sorry, that's on the driven to suicide page. Yeah, in that. So every time someone commits suicide, are they an example of the driven to suicide trope? That's like the thing that gets weird once you're like. But due to the extremely sensitive nature of this trope, we'd have way too many cases. So please do not add real life examples. Oof. Uh, and now let's see if anyone broke that. I'm going to look up film. Did someone break this via a, you know, did no one, no one added a biopic to interesting. All right. Following the rules or the editors are on it. I was wondering if someone would have a biopic example that they snuck through. Oh yeah. Um, I know the film version of the Fountainhead ends with uh, well, spoil. No one needs to see that, so I. Um, it's, it's also kind of funny that they uh, 
they'll hide spoilers, but they also say the exact episode and we know it's a page about suicide. Yeah. I wonder what the spoiler is. Yeah. So, yeah, at the end of uh, Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> Juliet blanks herself. <laughs> You're like, ooh, don't want to click that. I haven't, uh, I need to catch up on my Shakespeare. Enfant Terrible, Bart Harley Jarvis, who Dr. Skull describes as the most aggressive baby he's ever seen. All right, that's fair. Yeah. Well, let's see. They're imposing that on him, but. Uh, enforced plug. Teen drama River Mountain High grinds to a halt when the principal won't stop talking about his TC Tugger shirt. And it's like, again, that's the joke of it. That's yeah. not. <laughs> it's not a real plug. Yeah, it's so interesting how, I don't know if this is a stylistic thing that all the editors adhere to, but that they don't, like, say, like, you know, this trope is referenced or anything like that. They just state it like they did it. They state it, and then sometimes they'll say either subverted or upheld. Mm. Um, The fun in funeral, New Joe provides us inadvertently with his music, but the funeral congregation is clearly unappreciative. Um gag dub attempted by one character and bozo dubbed over who produces the titular video in order to convince his co-workers that he actually knows at least one viral video he also keeps trying to double it it is so funny how much of these are just someone explaining <laughs> to a person and the person just being like fine i'll watch it whatever stop telling me every sketch beat by beat <laughs> um his co-workers point out that it makes so much less sense if a random person did it Gift-giving gaff. One sketch starts like this with another character giving another a wreath they didn't want but goes off the rails and turns into an instigation of the recipient's toilet hygiene. I kind of disagree with this one. I feel like part of the joke was that, like, he liked the wreath fine. Yeah, it's that he just wasn't, like, appreciative enough, Yeah, I think it it looked bad because... The last one, he, like, straight up said, oh, I will not need the gift receipt because this is perfect. And then the next one, he's just like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, halfway plot switch. A commercial for a spine specialist goes off the rails when one of the testimonial actors suddenly confronts a slimy record producer who conned him. This is another one where it's weird that they only list that one and not some of the other sketches. That's almost every sketch. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, that is, that is very odd. Human alien. The biker aliens. Fair enough. Yeah, that's another <laughs> one where you're like, yeah, look, I guess you had to make your quota and that one fits. So, uh, implausible deniability. Who crashed a hot dog shaped car into a front store? Clearly not the guy in the hot dog <laughs> costume. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. In memoriam in universe. The baby of the year show. Uh... That's a weird, again, a weird one for a trope because the, well, wait a second. The, the example they use is from the last airbender where it says an honor of Mako, but. It looks like they have two different pages in memoriam seems to just be a list of like real Oh, this is I see. You're right. I it's a real Oh, that's even weirder. So it's a, <laughs> it's it's part of the in memoriam trope, but then it explains in universe. So, yeah. Okay. 
Okay, I get what happened. Because I clicked the page and it said the, the in memoriam was in honor of Mako from Last Airbender. It's like, that was Uncle Iro's actual voice actor. That wasn't an in-universe, but it's not part of one show. Okay, good eye. Good <laughs> eye. Uh, large and in charge. Lord Skeletrex. He's huge. Yes. He's 15 <laughs> feet tall and has the bone size of a tree trunk. God, I, I feel like there's more more tropes from that uh from that sentence where he describes skeletrex than there are words in that sentence of dialogue yeah i got so much mileage out of it they really and it is that one line about lord skeletrex like someone was just like someone it's like that thing it's like this is how like how in so i'm not like a big star wars person but to my understanding like people obsessed over like boba fett because he seems cool even though there's like nothing that'd be the probably a good trope like the character who like barely does anything who people obsess over um and yet you uh i'd say uh game of thrones jockan hagar would probably be an example except then we did get a whole weird sort of uh subplot on that yeah the um but yeah, the person who just saw this and was like, I gotta know more about Lord Skeletrex. They're writing their like Lord Skeletrex fan fiction. Yeah, I never I never thought about Skeletrex before, but now I kinda want it to be like, um, you know how uh children's hospitals spun off into like NTSF S D S U V and st- and yeah. uh t- teen time travel angels? Is it time angels? I don't I didn't I actually didn't know about that one, but I Maybe that wasn't a full spin off. It might have just been an episode. Yeah. It's, yeah, they should just do a, a Lord Skeletrex Origins show. Um, the, yeah, that's, Lord Skeletrex has captured the imagination <laughs> of a generation of TV tropers. Bones the size um, of tree trunks. Bones the size of tree trunks. If he's 15 do, foot tall. I do like that, uh, to, I think you should leave credit, even though, uh, this page is not great. You do, it does draw attention to a lot of just, like, the beautiful sentences that make it so funny. Like, I didn't really appreciate at the time, he has bones the size of tree trunks. Yeah, I know, right? That's, well, that one also goes so fast. Yeah. That, like, the, the specificity of it is great. Um, and then interspersed with him being like, holy crap! <laughs> like, uh, lyrical dissonance. The day Robert Palin's murdered me. See, now that's, that one is one where I think we kept singing to each other because the specificity of all those. Um, well, he says, like, the bones are their money, also the worms. Because he remembers that earlier. He said the worms are their money. <laughs> um, it's, it's interesting how they describe this trope of, like, they think it already had lyrical dissonance um, because of the upbeat rhythm, but it's about a protagonist getting gunned down in front of his wife before the skeletons even show up to me that's just like how all like johnny cash type songs are like yeah it's also i read so i recently um the i'll sometimes so my i I love the the mountain goats i'm oh yeah i'm a i'm a type (laughs) um and i was looking at the for some reason i decided just like for the hell of it uh to look into the at the genius lyrics for uh heretic pride um and there was like a one that was like oh uh you wouldn't realize based off reading this but the music of this 
very upbeat. <laughs> and then later, like, said again, like, again. This might sound dark, but when you're listening to it, the contrast is incredible. It's like, yeah, if they've heard a Mountain Goat song before. Yeah. That's that's such a pet peeve of mine when people point out like, oh, like this pop song is actually kind of a bummer because it's so common. Like, I don't know how you pretend to always be surprised by it. And I really hate when now it's so common to do like the slowed down covers that are like mm-hmm. drawing attention to like, oh, like if you think about it, girls just want to have fun is kind of a sad song. And it's like, but like what is interesting about it is that juxtaposition. Exactly, exactly. And that's, like, that's the thing. It's also, like, I mean, how many sad melodies are people going to want to listen to? Like, that's, like, the reason why this happens. Like, it's not, like, um, oh, we're all going to listen to, like, the slow version of Lachado D from the Friday Night Cantor. um, Non-indicative name. Apparently, he layeth on high is an organ piece about a big baby duck <laughs> who gets his head caught in a stewed tomato. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, all right. Overly long gags features these regularly as part of its concept of increasingly <laughs> awkward situations. Yeah. Sure. Like, that's along the lines of actually trying to analyze it planet of hats the motorcycle guy is an envoy of a planet of bikers sent to earth to see if this planet has motorcycles they do and so much more which links to happy ending oh that's that's kind of nice yeah i guess I'm so like, yeah that, you know what that sketch uh it does make you feel happy because so many of them are so like awkward and cringy it is kind of nice that there's one in there that's like they love earth and they love like the Earth. The Patty Harrison one is nice. I'm trying yeah. to think of other ones. Um, straight up. Poke the Poodle. Chunky, who clearly has no idea how to torment a game show, can torment a game show contestant. And the skeletons from the day Robert Palin's murdered me, whose worst behavior is pulling hair up but not out. Mm-hmm. Now I'm getting, now I'm turning on them again, on seizing on the specificity of up but not out. <laughs> Um, so I guess poke the poodle is the opposite of kick the dog, where it's like someone who's trying to be evil but isn't. Mm, okay. But Chunky, Chunky destroys his computer. Yeah, like that's. Let me see exactly what poke the poodle is, because that yeah, like stuff like um, getting up in his face is like oversized punishment. Like that's the exactly. Thing. It's too much. He's supposed. You think he's yeah, just this supposed says- to like. This says it's like harmless villain like Dr. Doofenshmirtz from Phineas and Ferb, but like Chunky is supposed to just be like a fun game show mascot. Yeah, and he's causing property damage. Yeah. Which, uh, I was going to be like, look, I can support Chunky's goals and still criticize his approach (laughs) to property damage. Um, the, uh, I see a product placement, TC Tuggers, that they already did that. Yeah. Enforced plug and uh, more like enforced tug, right? So <laughs> I should have said that. Red, red, red right hand. Bart Harley Jarvis has a completely flat back of the head. Is this like a villain mark? There are heroes and there are villains. And the audience needs to know which is which before kick the blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Um, okay. It's someone who has a physical deformity. And they're a villain. So, sure. Um, Sure. In the strictest, (laughs) yeah, I guess that applies. Rule 34, when listing various porn sites, a hot dog guy mentions homegrown Simpson stuff. So, 
I actually am going to object slightly because Rule 34, I feel like you should apply that trope when it's something you wouldn't expect there to be porn of. But I feel like Simpsons porn is so well known as a concept, I don't think you even should label that. I feel like that's such a they in Detroiters they have jokes about the Simpsons porn that uh Cecily Strong's character has a uh have you seen Detroiters? No, I haven't actually. It's um it's re- I'd I I definitely recommend it. You know, it's a couple short seasons. If you have access to like the Comedy Central app or whatever, it's um Detroiters gets the TV nopes plug of the week. Mm-hmm. Um it's uh it it feels somewhat like a sitcom version of I think you should leave which is like the highest praise I could give it it's definitely less it's more grounded but it's still both Tim and Sam's characters are like pretty absurd in their own ways and there's just a lot of uh there's a lot of fun stuff and a lot of stuff that you that does feel like it could sort of be I will get in a brag uh, and a plug for You Should Hire Me, uh, even though this also makes it worse that I haven't actually watched the show, but I did write the tagline for Detroiters while I was at Comedy Central. Ooh. It was... Do you want to um, do you want to say, do you want to quickly uh, binge all of it, and then I'll drop <laughs> in a clip of you saying, uh, not only did I watch the show, but yes, I wrote perfect. The... <laughs> no, I think that's even better. You can say, look, I wrote this tagline without even watching it. <laughs> um... But uh, you did great work. I, I, I remember watching it and thinking like, wow, but the tagline <laughs> is what ties it all together. Yes, thank you. Um, um, so, yes, hire Lenny to write your taglines or otherwise. But for, for the Rule 34, um, this just feels like it's not really a TV trope. Like the one in I Think You Should Leave is a line referencing it. Um yeah, because it's also it's a real life trope. Yeah, and it ends the article ends with no examples, please. Then no. why are you doing this? <laughs> Just don't. Yeah, I don't really get. I I mean, I guess I don't know enough about TV tropes. Maybe it also comments on just internet culture, but um, this feels like out of place for me because I don't know how a TV show could really do this trope. It's just like a fan thing. There's a link that says, yes, there is porn of this article as well. And I don't, I'm, let's see what happens when you click it. Self-demonstrating article. Okay. So it doesn't link, okay, whatever, sure. I believe them. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not going to look this up. Shout out. The day Robert Palin's murdered me features a Johnny Cash homage introducing a self-penned murder ballad to please a record producer who's tired of gospel, which is taken from the scene and walk the line. That again, it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a comedy, it's a sketch comedy show. Yeah. Like, there's lots of shout outs. The, <laughs> the, there's a shout out to A Christmas Carol and Terminator <laughs> and, um, you know, 70 different teen dramas that the TC <laughs> Tuggers one is. Slash Throat, How Little Jeffy Jeremy Was Killed. That's, that's not a so trope. so weird that that's a trope. Yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, 
Why is there, okay, when you go to slash throat the page and they have, you know, like live action, music, theater, video games, one of them is real life. Oh, Jesus. It's not a trope in real life. It's just a thing. It's a, it's a, an MO. Yeah. Like the idea of like one of your relatives was, uh, got their throat slashed and then you see someone on the internet be like, uh, kind of cliche. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that uh, your aunt's death is an example of the slash throat trope? Oh, wow. Yeah, what is it just like? Oh, yeah, that uh, that's a uh, an example of the uh, stage four leukemia uh, <laughs> trope. Uh, it was also referenced by uh, uh, my cousin and uh, an episode of Days of Your Lives. Um Stalker without a crush. This one, the I man- think. Oh, oh yeah? sorry. No, you can finish reading it first. I was going to say, the man had a flight ruined by a crying baby a long time ago. So he stalked the baby into his adult life, searched through the trash to find a flight. Yeah, yeah. That's one with Will Forte where he's going to mm-hmm. yell in his face. This, I think, is actually kind of an interesting trope of, like, non-romantic stalkers. Yeah. That's, um, it is... It That's is. like the kind of thing I could imagine using TV tropes for of something like kind of specific. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's one of the ones they just they want there to be too many. It feels like <laughs> at some point someone there was some competition that they're trying to make as many as possible. When like you can think there are like actually good examples in different media. Um soundtrack dissonance this is the result of hiring a circus organist to play funerals in new (laughs) joe sure i was talking i was thinking by the way um fred willard may rest in peace and eugene levy and jessica coolidge wait jennifer 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 that's yeah jennifer coolidge i just like you know good on them for being incredible and good stuff but i guess for also just always taking the paycheck and i just imagine them at like all hanging out at the craft services table for like fart university three <laughs> straight to dvd just being like oh well, it's good to see you again jennifer i saw you were uh you had that uh acclaimed role in uh that indie comedy and yeah now, uh, <laughs> i love stuff like like eugene levy right after american pie or like jk simmons now when it's like someone who's just like a, a worker who's just used to taking every job suddenly is getting like hundreds of offers but still has that ethic of like i'm gonna take every job i love that yeah um which i mean hey i would i yeah. think um i think and there's, now like like a, new- there's some podcast where they're talking to danny trejo and he's about how he doesn't turn down jobs and he's like yeah why would i turn down a job <laughs> and the new thing is because it used to be that it was very passe for celebrities to appear in a commercial, at least in the U.S., because that was always a joke of, like, oh, they're in a German or a Japanese commercial. Like, now, the floodgates are just open on that. Like, there are people who are still discerning, but you'll just see, like, Brad Pitt will just be, like, in the Candy Crush commercial. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. I I don't like it when it's commercials. There was Jeff... uh, um, John Goodman, not Jeff, sorry. John Goodman was in an ad for one of those, like, mobile... um, slot machines Ugh. that looks like such like a ripoff scam thing and you're like what like i don't know good i want john goodman to get more money but like mm-hmm. how much money for this just you know 
real cheapo ripoff looking project and it was just his face flying around so maybe like they literally like green screened him for like 30 <laughs> seconds and gave him a million dollars and you're like yeah sure whatever yeah i feel like now you can really see how after missing out on a year of movies because of covid like you can mm. really noticeably see people like taking whatever to get money yeah it's true um uh, teeny weenie Fenton's stables and horse ranch bred all of its horses to have these consequently it's marked itself to insecure meal there's another one where you're like yeah that's the the sketch you're describing the sketch um I, I like the idea that teeny weenie has real life examples like I want there to just be a tab where it's just like my college boyfriend Jeff <laughs> So Teeny Weenie, yeah, this one does not have real-life examples. Yeah, it's just doxing people. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, video games. <laughs> oh, okay. There's a tab for fan fiction, which is really weird. And yeah. there's somehow only four things in fan fiction, which I, I don't have an example off the top of my head, but I imagine there's got to be more stuff where they imagine someone with a tiny dick. In the Harry Potter fanfic, The Power of Seven, Pansy Parkinson is shocked when Susan Bones comments. Are these re are these original characters? Is there a Susan Bones? Uh, I Susan don't know. Bones might be an original character. Yeah, I don't Maybe. remember her. Comments that Draco Malfoy has a small penis as Pansy wonders how Susan found that out. When in reality, Susan was just teasing Pansy to imply that she was jealous about Susan's own relationship with Harry and really had no idea. <laughs> oh, so she like... She tricked her into admitting it. That's probably a trope. They should have used that. She, uh, I, oh, I didn't know did. <laughs> um, couldn't they use, couldn't they magic their penis into whatever size they want? Yeah, I guess at Harry some Potter? point, like in their, after like year five or six, they probably could, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They have polyjuice potion. They could use that. It feels like there are all sorts of solutions. That doesn't feel like something that would people would have to worry about too much in the world of Harry Potter. Um, characters the author doesn't like. Ron the Death Eater especially will be given this trope. Who's Ron the Death? Is this a sp what? Ron the Death Eater. Is this still under fanfic? I think this is a trope only in fanfic. This is one of those ones that's just so it's like in a different language. Uh, this is often oh. the result of also having Draco in leather pants, but it doesn't have to be. Oh, good. Um, oh, it says, named for the tendency in Harry Potter fanfics where Draco Malfoy turns good and hooks up with Hermione to have Ron in canon, a decent upstanding sort of fellow who happens to lose his mind. That's a long, that's a tendency? <laughs> I guess. I mean, yeah, fanfics do get kind of formulaic in the bigger fandoms huh i guess i guess they all love they all want malfoy to be good all right yeah i i know i made fun of it but i do wish this fan fiction section was longer i just want like a big guide to like succession fanfics where kendall has a tiny dick yeah that uh, you know what well if you want that i mean i know uh, they only write kendall with just uh just an uncomfortably large hog <laughs> They're like, just weighed down at all times. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, if anyone wants to write some 
uh, Succession fanfic and send it to Lenny. <laughs> That's the main takeaway I want people to have from this podcast is just send me your Succession fanfics, preferably ones where Kendall has a tiny dick. Yeah. That's, uh, and then, uh, Log- or Logan sees it and says, Fuck off, Kendall! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Unishment. The hot dog suit wearing man in the Brooks Brothers sketch tries to invoke this by having, by being very insistent that whoever crashed a hot dog car into the Brooks Brothers should be spanked. Oh, okay. so it's like so a I punishment that's actually good. The picture is homer eating all the donuts in the world Mm, okay all right sure uh unusual euphemism mud pie for feces appeared (laughs) in two different sketches most probably in gift receipt is i guess that's i mean that's again like the joke is that they're using and which i guess is what we wanted them to just do it they so sure yeah um coming out whammy chunky in the sketch of the same name he eats your points and gets very mad and also occasionally makes you wear your own hat so is it just any good game show has a hazard yeah, yeah i mean it's literally a like a... is a game show the district super fonified okay yeah so that's literally what it is though like that's again <laughs> the joke is this is related and then yeah, um the like live action tv is just the like, game shows yeah, and then Whoopi Cushion, a victim of this prank at the meeting, doesn't understand what the gag is, asking him to try to insinuate that his farts are more mildly, that he farts more mildly than usual. Uh, um, that's weird that Whoopi Cushion is a trope, because that's just an item. That's like being like, pencil is a trope. Yeah, the pencil trope. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, compared a stink bomb, which recreates the smell of a fart. Is this just the gag gift wiki? Um, I think we did. A, I think we did a good job analyzing that. So, uh, are you ready for uh, a quick trope quiz down? Then we'll wrap it up. For sure. Uh, so we will. I'm going to cycle through a few random tropes, and I'll give you the name, and you do your best to uh, explain in twelve completely indecipherable paragraphs what that trope is. <laughs> okay. Um, and sometimes I'll skip them because. Uh, well, let's sure. How about proud beauty? The proud beauty trope. Uh, I'm gonna guess this is just like a weirdly straightforward one. That's just someone who's attractive and they're proud of it. You're right. <laughs> uh, okay. Adaptation die job. Adaptation die job. Is that when someone in the movie or tv adaptation has the wrong hair color from the book yes (laughs) or jacket or like something okay which is it's not a trope that's just whatever i do like i hate that tv tropes does kind of appeal to my brain and i'm like yeah i do want to read a list of people who in the adaptations they had the wrong hair color i'm not lying i have in my life spent a lot of time on the site just spiraling it's very easy to click into different things and you look through different examples and uh if if honestly if it wasn't so wordy about things <laughs> the thing i think the thing that most annoys me is just that they have to have these like 30 paragraph introductions to every trope mm-hmm. and also the snarky way that they do it 
where they're like, so you just watched your new movie. Well, wait a minute. Something's off. Why is their hair different? That's not the hair you thought it was. Maybe you just misremembered. But you go back to the book and you look it up. Nope. Says right there on the page, blonde. But they were redheaded. Well, you just fell victim of an adaptation die job. And you're like, Jesus, shut up. Um... This is a this is another straightforward one. So I don't think you even need a guess it. It just says what it is. But the ballet episode. That's actually that is kind okay. of interesting. If that's something yeah, I can, that occurs, I can only think of Community doing one. They have Doug as an example. I think it's kind okay. of a common thing of like yeah. A oh yeah, there's that character. Simpsons. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like uh, a boy doing ballet. Yeah. See, and, like, that is something that's interesting. You're like, oh, that is something that happens with some frequency. Like, oh, yeah, the boy has to do ballet. Um, let's skip that one. This just is a straightforward thing. This is also pretty straightforward. This is also straightforward. Um, always someone better. that when they need they need like to break up a relationship that's fine so they have the person like convinced there's someone better out there i think it's more they kind of have it more as like an action trope of a more skilled okay person like if we look at tv wait where's tv Web animation, web bit. Do they not have a section on comic strips, films, animation, films, live action, music, pro wrestling, sports, theater, visual novels? What they don't have a TV section? <laughs> live action TV. Oh, okay. I guess they did, but it was not big enough. Okay. Um, so this would be like when like Buffy meets Glory and realizes like there can always be someone like more of a power than you. Uh, or maybe it's more like (laughs) when Buffy meets Kendra, apparently, or Faith. I don't think either of them was particularly better than her. I guess, like, the thing with Faith is that her friends thought she was, like, cool at first. Yeah. Like, I, but, I don't know. I don't really think she's better. Like, Xander has a crush on her, but he also has a crush on Buffy. Like, (laughs) I don't know. In... Everybody loves Raymond. Deborah hires a babysitter, and then the babysitter is more popular with the kids than she is. Yeah, obviously. Frasier. Both Frasier and Niles live in terror of it someday being proven that one is better than the other, which is one uh, of the contributing factors to their sibling rivalry. Um, the all right, let's do. We'll do just a few more of these. Okay. Um. Let's get a good one. Let's get let's get three quick good ones, unless there aren't enough, because <laughs> some of these are bad. Um I don't understand. I uh, I don't under I'm going to read what? Okay, I'm gonna read you. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this one and we'll see. Okay. Everyone is tomato. Interesting. 
This is one. It only has three sentences. Like, the other ones are, like, a million <laughs> paragraphs, and it overly explains it. And this one has, like, three sentences, and I don't understand what it's saying at all. Do you want to take a swing? Just okay. if you want. Everyone is tomato. That feels like it would be a fan fiction thing to me. Um, like some sort of fandom thing where it's a phrase meaning like, God, I have no idea. Just like, uh, like everyone's embarrassed. I don't know. <laughs> It's this trope refers to creating a fictional subcategory that can be applied to any character and then applying it ad nauseum to most of the cast. I think I sort of get it now in that it's like it says I'll give you even though I haven't seen Buffy. It says at the start of the show only Buffy was anything other than normal human. By the end several supernatural beings had joined their group and almost everyone else had learned to practice magic. Oh okay so this would be like how like by the end of Vampire Diaries almost everyone was like dead or like undead in some way yeah okay yeah or like how is it like how in the beginning of pretty little liars it was like oh who's a and by the end you're like who isn't a like everybody's yeah, i think him. that's okay an example. cool they give a yeah. neon genesis evangelion example that i don't think is a that i don't think is a good application of this maybe the person who worked on this wasn't very accurate um, how about I should write a book about this? <laughs> Is that just like the sitcom trope where a character decides to write a book? Mm, do you want to try and be a little more specific? About, oh, about their real life? Like they it comes out with a book about all the characters and stuff or a TV yes. show or whatever? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Like the fucking final season of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> Or Game of Thrones, which I actually loved, <laughs> despite how much it just tanked in those in the last couple seasons, especially the last few episodes. I actually appreciated once it was that off the rails, just garbage, that they just went there and just said, it's called A Song of Ice and Fire. And it was written by the scribe, Georgius R.R. Martinez or whatever. And they're like, yeah, good. Just do that now. I also Great. do really like uh, the Gossip Girl plot where Dan comes out with a book and there's a plot where, like, UCB people are doing a, like, funny reenactment of the book. I was like, yeah, that's, like, the level of success I want for Dan. That's like when uh, in the—I haven't actually watched Studio 60, but when they're like, oh, we're going to do a, a Gilbert and Sullivan takeoff on the thing, and people would be like, yeah. <laughs> Mighty Major General. Um. Mm. All right, last one, and then we'll wrap things up. All right. Uh, trope: not using the Z word. Not using the Z word. Oh, it's like euphemisms for zombies, like walkers and stuff. Okay. Cool. Yes, spot on. That they are like, oh, we have to call it because presumably you're like, does it exist in, you know, a world where i remember there's um this is not exactly the same but when i saw greenberg there's a scene where he's like watching a movie i think it's like uh freaky friday or something with Lindsay lohan in it and it's weird that that was the moment i had this thought which mm -hmm. you could have with almost any movie where i was like so in the universe of greenberg is there 
still an actor, Ben Stiller, <laughs> who looks exactly like the character Greenberg who writes letters to the New York Times? Or is everything in Greenberg the same except there's no Ben Stiller? <laughs> yeah. Like, whenever someone's, like, watching a movie with a celebrity who is themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that was good. You got, I think, I don't know. I wasn't keeping track. But six out of six or something. Yeah, I think I have pretty severe wiki, fandom brain. <laughs> yeah, if anyone wants to make a TV Tropes wiki, TV Nopes. There is a TV Tropes wiki. A TV Nopes wiki. And track uh, how everyone's done. Um, I don't know. It's your time. Your life to waste. Uh Lenny, thank you so much for joining me. Um, is there anything else you want to plug? Uh, follow Lenny, obviously, on Twitter at Lenny Burnham, B-U-R-N-H-A-M, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, you can hire, also... <laughs> hire him to write for you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and you can also find my podcast, Chapter Surfing, uh, where I compare TV shows and the, uh, the books that they're based on. Nice. Check that out. Check out Chapter Surfing um and yeah thank you yeah and thank thanks you for, for listening everybody <laughs> keep on wasting your time <laughs> reading the internet and we'll be there right with you <laughs>